Hi everyone and welcome to episode 2 of Tanya TV. On today's episode I'll be speaking with my good friend Charmaine about her experience going to Minneapolis in June shortly after George Floyd's murder. She was able to speak with locals during her time there as well and had a really interesting take on everything that happened. Charmaine is an educator originally from DC and is currently living and working in San Francisco, California. She is also a dance artist and activist, and you can find her on Instagram at Charmaine Nayeli. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. We went there without like a concrete plan. Mm -hmm. So every lead that we were getting, we were definitely just going with the flow um, and making ourselves like available to partake in any situation or any event that came up. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to talk about the events that you went to? Um, sure. So the first event was like a church event. I had saw it on Leslie Redmond's page and it was a formal eulogy event um, because apparently George Floyd didn't have a eulogy. I didn't know that. Um, I thought they did that at the memorial, but anywho, it was at this church and we thought it was kind of like an event where folks are just, we're just going to like meet up and talk and maybe protest but it wasn't at all um it was actually like a choir there um the chief of police was there oh wow um yeah leslie redmond which is the president of the naacp minneapolis chapter was there mm. and i mean it was just beautiful like the choir the preachers it was phenomenal. We didn't get to talk to as many people as we would have liked to um, because they were really in their own bubble trying to just like f- figure things out for the event. And afterwards, it was a bunch of pictures that were taken. But that was cool to just be in the spirit of that um, as soon as we got there. And then the next day, we went to the memorial. And that was, I mean, it's a sanctuary site for sure. Like, you walk in, the community is like guarding it. They're there to greet you as soon as you walk into the vicinity. And there are signs that make sure that you respect the space as soon as you walk in. Mm-hmm. Um, is it like um, kind of roped off or something? Or barricaded. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're like concrete barricades. Mm. Um, and then yeah like in the center there's this huge like black power fist and um a place where you can just like pray and have your moment and on both sides of the street because the street is separated by the black fist sign there's Mm -hmm. like music there's people speaking um yeah i mean people from all over are now going to Minneapolis and just using that as a healing space. Um, there are a bunch of like murals around. People have left flowers and made signs and 
pictures and like are leaving it at the man-made altar for him um it, it was just beautiful i mean you could spend hours there because of the amount of people you encounter um yeah just the flow of like the energy from the music you could really spend a lot of time <clears throat> and then what other event did we do we did some touring around minneapolis which was cool um but we also talked to some local folks yeah i'm curious about that like because you made it sound seem like they were saying how um the way that the media portrayed what happened or what's happening now is really different from what actually is going on yeah so um when we were asking them about like the looting and how it was when they when everything went down they were saying that like initially we heard that the target got looted um looted first but the re there was a reason so hmm. the police had already started tear gassing them um and they didn't have any supplies they weren't prepared to be tear gassed obviously so they tried to run into the target to get milk and other supplies and target closed their doors they locked them and barricaded them and inside so, the target or outside so they barricaded the target to prevent people from coming in okay um and so someone kind of knew where the milk was like in reference to the building so they went in that direction and like broke that wall first or broke whatever glass was there first to grab the milk only mm -hmm. so their initial reason for looting was to like help people out with the <laughs> you know from getting tear gassed yeah. um and then as soon as that happened that's when the arsonist went a white arsonist went to set the autos on fire and they were saying like everyone in the community was talking about how it wasn't them and they wish that like the media would have said that too because everyone just thought it was you know the local folks from minneapolis but it wasn't um then they were also saying that it was partially like the community just started going out and really looting for the community they were going into grocery stores they were going into clothing stores, um, but what they were getting was not for like their individual selves. Everything they was getting, they were either giving it out to folks that couldn't make it. So like when they were looting the grocery stores, um, that food was being taken to give to the community and they hosted, and they're still hosting like cookouts and, um, just like food pantries for people that don't have food um so all that to say they were reiterating how much it was a community effort um and how they're taking care of one another so yeah. yes it's still like them stealing but <laughs> i mean they're looking out for their folks and that to me it's admirable um yeah and i think also it was like a larger like ploy from people in the government to tell the media to say that looting is bad and what's going on is like locally happening 
you know, people destroying property, like, how could they do that? That's the worst thing ever. And also that, um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, basically that. And, oh, yeah, and that people coming from out of town are the ones who are, like, instigating violence. Right. Which... Now they start. They started saying that in upstate New York too, like in Buffalo, and there was all that shit happening over there. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. I mean, they're not recognizing that. You know, maybe people wouldn't feel the need to do this or steal at all if they were given proper resources and if, um, you know, they had money. Right from the beginning. I mean, there. If you're looting, you're not taking anything that's not owed to you. Everything that you're looting for is owed to you because right. so much has already been taken from you. Um, yeah. So, yes, I mean, having the media control that narrative is dangerous in a lot of ways because, I mean, even our own people as a Black person is very unfortunate how we criminalized, and I say we in a, using that in a general term, but how we criminalized those folks that were looting, but we actually understand. You know what I mean? Like, we get it. If we had that opportunity to, we would be out there as well. And there's, there's ways to protest, and looting is one of them. So I am completely in agreement with it. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it was just so interesting to hear from people that were on the ground that night. Um, And I realized too that like, you know, man, even the best media outlets, I love me some CNN. I'm very selective about the segments I watch, but I really love CNN. And even they didn't touch on that. Um, Yeah. So it, it definitely forces all of us to do some critical thinking when we're evaluating the sources we're getting our information from. Yeah, definitely. All right. So after going, what do you think are your next steps moving forward? Like, what did you take from there that you want to use or, yeah, basically, like, what are you thinking? Um, the one thing that I received from there is a new perspective of what community looks like. I don't think I truly believed in diversity (laughs) in the way that it is um, being done in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I've never seen an example of how productive and how um, genuine it could be a community working together. Minneapolis, and I told them, I told a lot of local folks that this is truly the epicenter of the movement and what diversity and working together can look like from just sharing one common pain. And the thing is right now we're sharing that common pain, but we aren't able to get to the point where we're actually working together. Some people is still very selfishly motivated. For some of them, this is a fad, right? This is a trend that's gonna last as long as they aren't working and have their attention, um, you know, 
yeah. off of like other things as long as they're not distracted but there i mean you have all of the people of that city that are in this for the long run you go to the bars you go to the restaurants and everyone's you can tell this event has altered the fabric of that city mm. um and i'm you know i'm still trying to decipher if that's because it happened there and it's getting so much attention or if they did something differently that we aren't um if they actually made a promise to themselves as a city that this is something that we have to conquer together um yeah. because that is felt amongst everyone that you encounter there so for me i mean I, there are some protests happening here for Juneteenth, and um, I do plan on going, but I also plan on just really educating myself. I think I came back with more of a will to continue reading um, because I do see this as something that you have to sustain yourself. And yeah. before I went to Minneapolis, I was already becoming very exhausted from trying to figure out what ways I can like take a leadership position. Um, mm -hmm. But this actually, I don't know, it just portrayed a different importance to me right now, which is educating myself and jumping in when it's necessary. But when I can rest, I'm going to rest and I'm going to read. I love that. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I feel that that's like super important too, is, you know, to make this continue and to have the energy for it to continue, we need to be well rested, taking care of ourselves, being informed, um, not just on what's going on now, but on things that have happened in the past that have led to this point. Um, and yeah i'm yeah. there too yeah i mean we have a system that we have to completely deconstruct and reestablish, and that is going to take a lot of work a lot of mental work physical work i mean <clears throat> it's, it's going to take a lot and so you know i do consider myself as a revolutionary i think you tanya are revolutionary. I think many of the folks that we're surrounding ourselves with um, are revolutionaries. And so that's very important for us to understand the magnitude of what we're taking on, but also be very strategic in how we do it. Um, because this is a fight we can't lose. And this is the one time in which we have everything in our hands. Um, we have the key to change. We just really have to go about it in the right way so that it can be done. Um, yeah. So be smart. Yeah. And I think um, maybe relating to like why this happened um, in Minneapolis specifically, like how they have changed their community. Um, I think it was because they kind of had no other choice or in their mind, you know, they were like, we're protecting ourselves. We care about our community. This is what we have to do. And I don't know. I don't think every city is in that exact situation. 
Um, but I think it's important for every city to look to Minneapolis as an example of what could be done. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I also, you know, I encourage, I've been encouraging folks to like, if you're still kind of feeling stuck and feeling um, kind of pessimistic about like change and having hope, I suggest you go there, you know, like the tickets are cheap. They're, they're ready to receive, you know, there's a church literally on the corner that George Floyd um, was killed on. And they were saying that they're always out there and they're starting to see not only black folks show up, but folks from every ethnicity, every background, every religion show up and it's really becoming like its own kind of like salad bowl or like melting pot of some sort where people are meeting at this intersection and they're conversing with one another. They're like, you know, taking ideas back to their hometown and, you know, just gaining that inspiration from that corner and taking it back. So I agree. I think that like Minneapolis was forced to change. Um, but we also can put ourselves in that that city and bring something back to our city that we can teach our folks. Yeah. Uh, so yes to everything and power to the people. Hundred percent. Um, I will be posting some more stuff on there, resources, um, different ideas. I have a very, there's an excerpt that I took from the Declaration of Independence mm -hmm. that I'm really challenging folks to have ingrained in their mind um, and kind of remember that daily because we are definitely, we definitely have the power to abolish our government. Um and reestablish it so that it gives us life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that is written in that document for a reason. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, we don't study that part. And that may be because, you know, they don't want us to study it. They don't want us to, to retain that part. But we have to really think about what power we have. And we have a lot. So, anywho. No, I 100% agree. And I think that that's been a re reoccurring theme is like, the government is afraid of what would happen if we band together, if we rise up, if we revolt, like, because we do have that power. Mm -hmm. And that would basically put in jeopardy their livelihood. Yep. So, you know, of course, they're going to want to keep their livelihood even yeah. if it's exploiting and at the cost of so many. 